Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey, you know what to do when you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I don't know. I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the episode 10 of the College Loop Podcast, where we have another guest, Mr. Will Cruz. Go ahead and shout yourself out, buddy. Hey, guys. Hey, viewers, listeners. Thanks, guys, for having me on the show. I, I, I know Harrison from previous previous work experience Dylan from a pickup football game and a little bit of uh, work experience in the industry um and uh Daniel we just met today and besides him being a huge Red Sox fan I saw no flaws so <laughs> well you've clearly not been looking hard enough so <laughs> <laughs> no but excited to be here and hopefully I can provide uh some good insight for you guys Dylan I heard that there's some metaphors coming our way so uh, I'm excited. Dil- uh, Will Cruz is the same man that once compared Auburn football to, to Hamilton. Um, wow. So uh, I, I'm telling you, dude, he's got to send you the link. It's one of the greatest articles you ever read. I, I will never stop obsessing over it. Well, I haven't <laughs> seen Hamilton, so. <laughs> well, you got to watch that. It's yeah, funny. you should probably watch that first. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, uh, let me just go ahead and say it. my co-host, Harrison Tarr, as always, is my second podcast we recorded today. And in the bottom left corner of the screen is Daniel Locke yet again. How y'all two doing? Great. Started no complaints a, over a here. New semester today, so looking forward to see what that has in store, and you know, just living. I uh, I had a fantastic today. day. I I got to hear about people's internships, and then hear from other people about trying to get them internships. My Eagle Eye TV family never leaves me. So what can I say? <laughs> All right, well, to get things started, last night Auburn basketball took down Ole Miss in a game where they refused to put Ole Miss away. Uh, they won 82-73, to 73, gave Auburn their first SEC road game of the season, or first SEC road win of the season. There we go. Yeah, I about to say, there was, there was another game. It just wasn't one that you particularly it's, want to talk it's about. It's back there somewhere. I don't want to think about it ever again. <laughs> um, let, let's kind of go around the horn here, uh, and, and, and I kind of didn't put this on the rundown per se, Dylan, but I think we, this is pretty easy. We'll start with Cruz, and we'll kind of work our way around um, just grading out Auburn's performance last night. Um, if anyone gives you gives them an A plus, I'm gonna just actually drive to Auburn, Alabama right now and beat the crap out of you. Um, so Cruz, I'll let you go ahead and, and take the take the point here. Unless you need some time, then I'll defer to Daniel and put him on the spot. No, it's all right. I'm ready. Um, and I guess I won't go A plus, although I really did think it was a fantastic um showing from Auburn, but I do not want to risk having to fight Utah. So um, you would win. <laughs> maybe we'll see. <laughs> but I'll give him an A, a general A. Um, mainly because the, the thing that I was most impressed with was that to me, it seemed from watching the game that Auburn won this game through their offense and more specifically their half court offense to me, they looked really efficient. 
um, and and um, shot the ball well, shot free throws well. And um, that's a welcome sight with, um, you know, previous performances usually being rather laborious and um, uh, a struggle on the offensive end. And you've seen Auburn win games with their shot blocking and their defense. Um, and surprisingly, Auburn, I think, only had one block uh, last night. So they weren't just dominant and they only turned Ole Miss over about 10 times. I think as well. So um, it wasn't like they were just locking up the Rebels on defense, although they did play well on that end. So just simply based off the offensive um, outburst, really, um, from guys like Green, Broom, and Flanagan, uh, I got to give the Tigers an A. Yeah, Flanagan, there's your name, and we're going to talk about him, I'm sure. Dylan and I talked about him for a little bit earlier on the Auburn Daily Podcast. Make sure you check that out after you listen to this one, or probably before, because this one comes out later. Uh, <laughs> Daniel, let's let's hear your grading. So, before I give my grading, I just want to say, it feels like a rebirth of this offense. You know, having four players put up double figures, and then at the same time, on the defensive side of the ball, Ole Miss is in, or not just defense, everywhere, Ole Miss's whole game revolved ran through Matthew Morrell so once Auburn kind of figured out how to slow him down early in the second half it was smooth sailing from there overall I'm going to go with a B the main thing I'm taking off some points for is the defense just looked very lackluster at times and uh, I just feel like there were some stupid plays like turnovers and stuff that I just can't ignore I don't disagree and I'm going to kind of build off that once Dylan gives his grading I'm, I'm being patient today Dylan are you proud of me <laughs> and the dog is back and it's a rare sight to see. I know I little Chihuahua really likes attention and won't leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, I think a B is a great grade to give this team. Uh, I mean, yeah, four players hit the double digits, but I, we talked about it in length. I had a four minute rant. I know. Cause I cut it out. So I can post it on Twitter later on, on the Auburn daily show that the bench is just so lackluster outside of Alan Flanagan. I mean, you know that Kwame Brown and Kobe Bryant meme, like they scored 84 combined points and yeah. Kobe scored uh-huh. one. Yeah. Yeah. So the bench put together, let's see, uh around 25, I think. 25 points. They were north yeah. of their average last night. Yeah, but 15 comes from Alan Flanagan, who had 14 <laughs> more nine. minutes, who had 34 minutes compared to the second best is Katie Johnson with 20, who has scored four points in 20 minutes. And then you also got to throw in eight minutes for Trey Donaldson, had zero points. Leor Berman, who's been shooting lights out over the last two games he's been in, hasn't didn't shoot last night. I mean, it's lackluster from the bench. I know the offense, yes, popped off. 49% of their shots went in last night, which is pretty good. You know, half of your shots go in. But the bench just needs some more consistency on the offensive end. When Wendell Green and Janai Broom and Jalen Williams aren't in, who is going to be the guy to step up when those three are out? And yes, Alan Flanagan, but who can get with them? I um I'm I'm gonna make mine kind of quick and, and then I'm gonna transfer in. You just mentioned uh, uh Alan Flanagan when we've got a mailbag question actually that we're we're gonna get to here in a second. Cruz is gonna get the opportunity to answer a mailbag question. That, that's fun. It's always exciting. Um, it's only the third time we've done it. So hell welcome welcome to the to the club. Uh Believe it or not, I'm going to sunshine pump a little more than Dylan today. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to give Auburn a B plus, um, which is uh, for those of you who know how critical I am of Auburn hoops. I, I'm being, pre- I think I'm being pretty damn nice. Um, <laughs> Flanagan's resurgence is a big deal, and we're we're going to get there here in just a moment. Uh, that was that was encouraging. Uh, or in the early going, the, the turnover di- differential at one point was six to one. 
uh, Auburn on the offensive end of the floor kind of looked sloppy, and then they figured it out. It looked like they never practiced against the one three one before. Um, and Kermit Davis has only been running it for like a hundred years, uh, which was uh, the scouting. I guess the scouting report just forgot to mention that there's only two defenses they run: it's the one three one and the man. That's it. They jumped. They jumped into the, the two three twice that I could count. Uh, I wasn't blown away. I, I was definitely pleasantly surprised by the offensive production, but it felt like there wasn't a complete game on both ends of the court. Uh, it looks like when you went down and had a great defensive possession and turned them, you know, forced uh, Ole Miss into one, you know, like true said only 11 turnovers, but still had a big, you know, momentum shifting turnover. You'd go down and, and you, you you just let the cl- shot clock wind down and then wind up having someone take an, an errant shot or a three from the damn parking lot. And it, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, I, 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 I'm encouraged by this and an SEC road win is an SEC road win. And as we always say, a win is a win is a win is a win. Um, so that's that being said, let's kind of transition over into uh, the mailbag question from at AU Barn Trooper on Twitter on the bird app, if you will, boys, I'm going to let whoever answers first just gets to just jump in. It's kind of a free for all here. So crews get ready because these guys are vicious. Is Alan Flanagan back? Not yet. Okay. I need one more. One more. I need more than one more. I need more, okay. more than one more. I need nope. I need about a month of good <laughs> Alan Flanagan basketball. Okay, I think Cruz, Dylan, and I are on the same page. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, three games in a row where he's had double-digit points. Uh, just need a little bit more. And I know those are great games. Those are all great games from him. But I still want to see a little bit more consistency that we saw whenever he was a sophomore here, which seems like it was so long ago because last season just because it was, yeah, <laughs> it just trudged along for him last season. I know he was out with an injury for most of it. And at this season, it, it, he looks healthier. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him, but I just, maybe a 20 point game would change my mind. 20, 25 plus points, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Cruz, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about like setting a points benchmark to like be sold on Alan Flanagan being back or whatever you want to say, but he definitely looks more comfortable, right? And uh, in, in terms of the biggest aspect of that that I've noticed is is just his own ball play and his his willingness to attack the rim, and that's something that Auburn really kind of kind of needs off the ball. They need because I mean. I, I don't know if I speak for every Auburn fan, but I don't think uh, most of the fan base wants to see the ball in like Katie Johnson's hands more the way that he attacks the room and, you know, kind of uh, flows. Definitely to the speak for me. And um, Wendell Green is great at getting there and getting to the free throw line. Yes, but he's not the best finisher. We've seen plenty of, you know, kind of, uh, wild just finishes uh sorry i have a, i have an animal friend also trying to join the podcast um <laughs> who loves attention she might peek her head into the corner um, we welcome that we need more we need more solid consistent performances i think consistency is the biggest thing for this auburn team as, as a whole especially offensively uh that's what they're lacking right now um but the the addition of flanagan and you know we, we don't, I think, have official word on the severity of Chris Moore's injury, like in terms of how long he'll be out. But maybe with more minutes and more opportunity, maybe that's what he needs because he kind of seems like a microwave. And once he gets going, he's hard to slow down. 
uh, chiming in real quick about Chris Moore uh, before I'll, I'll let the, let you guys open up because I'm, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm actually just going to retweet, and this is such a lazy excuse, but uh, Cruz, you pretty much covered it for me. Um, uh, it's it's an encouraging pump breaks. Um, I, I, I he's he's going to have to step up. But to Chris uh, to the Chris Moore conversation, I've not heard any official word. Alan Flanagan's probably going to be able to get more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, probably going to start um, the next handful of games. We'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm not ready to say back quite yet. I like I, I'm interested, Daniel. Just one more game is all you need. That's all you need. Yeah, and okay, but since he'll, likely... I'm not judging. No, yeah, I'm not judging. Have... since he'll likely be starting. Um, I feel like I might need a little bit more now. If That's he fair. Let me say this. If he starts the next two or three games, that's Mississippi State at home, LSU on the road, on the road. South Carolina on the road. Right. So that's three teams. One is good. LSU is a good basketball team. Two are Maybe. meh. Yeah. So one probably good, two probably meh. If he gives me 15 a night and a couple assists and a couple rebounds in each one, I'll say it. I'll say he's back. I'll start having the conversation. So I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, transitioning over from Flanagan, who obviously played a huge role last night. I mean, just looking at the box, man, the, the, the point speaks, point value speaks for itself. Uh, Flan had 15 last night. Janai Broom. Uh, we're gonna we're, we'll talk about Wendell here here shortly. And Cruz, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of let you wide open. I know you mentioned specifically you want to talk about the impact of Janai Broom. I did want to speak for just a half a second here, if that's okay, about. Basically, all I want to say, and I said this on this uh, the Auburn Daily podcast earlier today, Dylan, the importance of the level of play that Janai Broom is at right now cannot be overstated. Uh, he is finally the the Janai Broom, I think that we that we thought he could be coming from Warhead State. Um, so, um, Cruz, I'm going to let you open the floor. I know that you said you had a great metaphor, and I'm ready for it. So, uh, okay, well, don't hype me up too much. Uh, <laughs> it, it could be a stretch, but um, but yeah, going back just a little bit before we start into the uh, my super creative illustrious metaphor uh that i worked all day on um when broom <laughs> announced his uh, transfer and was you know said to come i did i was on another podcast and they just asked me for a couple hot takes about Auburn basketball and i said Janai broom will be better than walker kessler um and that was based off just um a little bit more of a well-rounded offensive game and a similar production on the defensive end right because i mean he was one of the top shot blockers in the country last year as well um, and, I, you know, I've backpedaled on that a little bit because he has had some hit or miss games, um, but mostly hit, right? Um, he's been probably Auburn's most consistent player, almost definitely, right? Um, Barman, it's him or Jalen Williams. Uh, there you go. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but in terms of the impact, he's making a great one. So um, I think Janai Broom, uh, I have a new nickname for, for Janai. Um, and – before I say that, I can't wait, and I'm sure I'm not the only one with this thought, but until Auburn beats an SEC opponent, home and away, and I can use the headline, Broom lifts Auburn to sweep over blank. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've been banking that one for, for months now since he announced he was coming to Auburn. You better cross your fingers, uh, though, because I think there's only one team that's you're capable of, of sweeping this year. Uh, Alabama, right? Of course. Sure. I was thinking maybe like, oh, miss. But like, yeah, go on. Carry on. <laughs> But anyways, I think uh, Janiah Broom's new nickname should be the Street Sweeper. Uh, I'm listening. Okay. And uh, not just because the play on a broom and sweeping, which is obvious and great, but so 
Green and Will Green and Broom were the central engineers in Auburn's win against Arkansas, right? They played the in and out game really perfectly. Um, and Broom became the first Tiger to post four straight double doubles since 2015. Send me on um, Bowers, baby. So, yeah, baby. Do not let the legend die. Um, <laughs> but the the street sweeper nickname comes from mainly his ability to to clean up things defensively on on the defensive end and um but but moreover where it really finds its niche is the way that he impacts the game offensively without commanding too much attention I know I think me and Daniel were talking earlier that like you cannot be super locked into the game and be like where's Jani where's Broom but then you look up and he has 16 points and 10 rebounds and four blocks right and so uh, just in the way that like no one has ever seen a street sweeper or pays any attention to them. Uh, that can happen with Janai Broom, but they're always there to get the job done. And it's an important job. I love this. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, you and I were talking about that the other uh, two days ago on the, or I'm sorry, last episode on the podcast about how Janai is one of those guys where you're just like, Wow, he if he has done nothing tonight, and then the the ticker runs across the bottom. It's like Janai Broom, eighteen points. You're like what? The, like where did this come from? I think that's a, gr- a great point. I'm sorry to cut you off, Chris. Um, no, you're but... good. I'm done. I mean, he's just so skilled. He's so he's so fluid, and um, you know, he does have kind of a limited bag. So I do worry about the scouting report catching up to him a little bit in terms of always wanting to go left. Um, but to this point, it hasn't mattered. Like he could finish over anyone and, and he gets to where he wants to go. And with Wendell Green running the offense and getting the ball to him, he looks great. And you can't really ask for more from him at, the, at this point in the season. I guess I'm going to, I'm going to build off this uh, Dylan. I'm going to, I'm going to flip over to the Mississippi state preview as we kind of transition and keep moving forward. Um, because as we could talk Auburn hoops all day long, as long as you let me and I, I won't shut up. I'm going to start with Daniel here. Um, uh, Daniel, if you had a chance, and if not, you're welcome to defer if you wanted to get somebody else's input first on uh, the Mississippi state matchup. And, we, and you can kind of, talk to a point where this is actually another opportunity for Janai Broom to kind of dominate down low, right? Yeah. Um, uh, considering outside of forward play, I mean, if, if you take uh, t- take away a, a handful of guys, namely Tolu Smith um, uh, from Mississippi State, I don't think they're that good. Um, I, I, I think they struggle to get the ball inside, period. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on, on how Auburn matches up, uh, starting from wherever you want, Daniel, um, against Mississippi State. Sure. So like you kind of said, it's all about a little bit of guard and a lot of forward play. Their front court is one of the worst I've seen an SEC basketball team have. Just watching the Alabama game, Brandon Miller, Grant, he's probably going to be a lottery pick. He's I'd a very that's a tough one. basketball player, but he just went straight through and they didn't have any sort of answer for him. No way to slow him down. So this team is full of slashers. This Auburn team, that is. So I don't think they're going to have a problem in the world getting to the basket inevitably drawing fouls if Auburn hits their free throws they'll cover easily okay I'm uh Dylan you want to build on that or highlight you have a keynote player that Daniel do you have a keynote player to look out for for a big game um I I guess we'll just keep the flanning conversation going it's looking like he'll be in the starting lineup so I'll just say him I'll probably wind up echoing that here in a second Dylan go ahead floor yours also I'm sorry KD I want to see KD have a bounce back game yeah, we've okay. all been wanting Katie to have a bounce back. <laughs> I also kind of want Katie in a straight jacket right now. Yeah, um, I'm, about to make a, I'm making a graphic tonight of him in a straight jacket. Yeah. My, the player to watch for is Janai Broom 
Because this time you want to watch him score all 20 of those points he's going to score against Mississippi State. Plus the 20 rebounds that he's going to have against Mississippi State. Because I don't think anybody on the Mississippi State team is going to be able to stop Janai Broom, especially if Wendell Green has another seven-plus assist performance again. Just giving it to Janai, let him eat. I think, I mean, it's kind of hard to stop Janai Broom. I don't know of a team that we're playing until, I don't know, Alabama or I don't know, that could really stop Janai Broom. No one can stop him. No one can, but I think Tennessee will can will contain him. Yeah, <laughs> keep him at bay. Uh, but I'm I'm with you on on that point, Cruz. You have a you have a standout player to to look out for um, this weekend that you're kind of expecting a big game out of. Um, in terms of like highlighting a single individual, um, I mean I haven't dug too much into you know the individual matchups, so I don't want to quite go there. But I just think you know there's an overarching um, kind of story that I think got resolved to an extent um, against Ole Miss. And it was this big question with Auburn after losing Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, like who's the alpha, who's the guy who steps up, uh, who leads this team to greater things. And I think the answer is that there's not one person. I think it's the trio of Wendell Green Jr., Alan Flanagan, and Janiah Broom. And this team will go as they go. I mean, you, you're going to get solid production from Jalen Williams, Cardwell, Chris Moore, when and if he's back. Um, hopefully KD Johnson, you know, splices in some of those exciting performances that we've seen from him. We know he's capable of, right? Um, and then, you know, just in general, looking forward to this game and others, especially if Chris Moore misses time, is the opportunity for the young guys. Um, those that's kind of a big weakness for Auburn. I think a big disappointment, one of the biggest disappointments so far this season is the the lack of impact from Trior and Chance Westry, who's practically been in the doghouse it seems for the last couple oh, he of is he is absolutely in the doghouse yeah. uh, but i'll no, be honest he kind of put himself there <laughs> no doubt no doubt he has not played well trey donaldson's probably played the best out of the three and he's earned his minutes but you know to me those young players kind of similar to like flanagan they need to get in a rhythm they can't just be thrown in and said hey go go do this go execute um and maybe he's not 100 percent comfortable with the system yet i don't know him and trey or um but, you know, if those guys can get a little more minutes and get confident before, you know, the late later season runs around and March March comes around, then maybe that can help everything. And the last thing I'll say is that um, regardless of who Auburn plays, I think they can compete, right? I think they're a good team. I don't think they're great by any means. I don't even know if they have the potential to be great. But the key to maybe raising that ceiling will be three-point shooting. And maybe West Street or Traor or Donaldson, more minutes for those guys – um, or maybe Flanagan just proving with one more game as Daniel needs uh, <laughs> that he can be consistent uh, from shooting the ball will really raise the tiger ceiling. I uh, I don't disagree. Uh, I, I I personally I know that I know that you, you left my man out of of the big three here and that's okay. Uh, but but Jalen Williams. I love uh, Jalen. I love Jalen. You know that. <laughs> yeah. you know that. I, uh, I love Jalen. He's just uh, limited. A little bit. He's also not a vocal leader on the court, um, and, and and there and there's something to be said for that. But I think the consistency from Jalen Williams, which, like I said, I, he maybe like we said earlier, maybe the most consistent player on this team, um, next to maybe Janai Broom. Uh, I think that consistent scoring and, and specifically the the forward matchup that Daniel talked about um, uh, coming going up against Mississippi State this weekend. I think that's a that's an opportunity for him to prove that he's simply just better. Um, than a lot of people think that he is. Uh, so I would be very interested to keep an eye on him. Uh, moving on from basketball to other things you should probably keep your eye on, just quick touching base on Auburn gymnastics. In case you guys did not know, Suni Lee is extremely good at what she does. Um, 
we've got SUNY checked in at, at the SEC uh, Gymnast of the Week, which I feel like it's just like they should just name it the SUNY, SUNY Chili SEC Gymnast of the Week Award at this point um, because she's just cut like that. Uh, number one in the country on beam, obviously. Number six on bar. And then number one in the all around because, like I said, she's just different. Um, Auburn's ranked number five in the NCAA team rankings. Tigers must see TV this year, guys. Uh, they'll take on number two Florida next week. I just wanted to kind of plug that for a second because – I really think, and we talked about this as soon as you know the, the preview meet came by, um, and and obviously this this past week, uh, and their quad meet. I really think Auburn's got a good chance to be in, be national champions this year as a team, not just as an individual. Um, and I, I, you can't convince me that's not why Suni Lee didn't forego the rest of college. Um, she definitely, there's nothing else to prove at the collegiate level, right? For her, she's done it. All she wants to do is go win a team team title. I mean, once you win a gold medal in the Olympics, you don't really need to prove. Does it matter? Like, <laughs> like you're already like that. Mean just means you're already the best in the world. I, I mean, national championship just means she gets a statue in front of Neville Arena. Much. That, that's, I mean, I you're probably right. Actually, that'd be hard. Can we, get, can we get a team sna- uh, statue actually with like Darion in the background doing the crown? That would be that'd be hard. That'd be sick. I've All seen right. team statues one place, and it's um Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana, for IU basketball, and they're really cool. Okay, I'm super about it. Um, that's a very, oh, I forgot you're kind of an Indiana guy, kind of a Hoosier. Okay, uh, I, I was like, that's an obscure place for you to have seen that. <laughs> do you know uh, Hep's Rock? Do what? You know about Hep's Rock? No. Ah, uh, not a true Hoosier. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where this is going, and this podcast is off the rails. So I'm going to redirect back to Auburn football. Sure. Um, and I'm going to turn the reins over to Dylan to facilitate this. I'm our basketball point guard. Dylan plays QB for our our, our quarterback uh, and our uh, our bat- football conversation. So I'm going I'm to let you take the reins here, Dill, and I'll shut up for the rest of the show. I see Auburn picked up yet another offensive line commit, uh, the ninth overall one we've gotten. Uh, interior offensive line, Avery Jones from ECU. He did commit to Illinois in December. But he has decided that he'd rather compete for conference titles. So he decided to flip to Auburn. And there's one uh, former Arkansas head coach that's not very happy with Auburn right now. (laughs) Because he's not very happy with the NIL and that you can make more money by playing for Auburn. Just don't be poor. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, and this guy, he's, I think he's one of the best O-linemen in the recruiting portal. Uh, and he can play guard or center. So I don't think I know you're about. We're going to get to the Connor Lou discussion a little bit, but I think we we can see a world where from left to right the O line goes as followed: got Gunner Britton at left tackle, left guard is either going to be Jeremiah Wright, who's going to be the only remaining player from last year's team that probably still could be contending for the starting role, or Avery Jones gets the left guard spot. Center is either going to be, again, Avery Jones or Connor Liu. Then right guard is Avion Miller, right tackle Dylan Wade, which I think that's one heck of an improvement of an O-line in a month. Well, I could name four players on the offensive line now, so that's a start. <laughs> it helps when you're eat, sleeping, and breathing, recruiting. <laughs> well, it it also helps when I'm not wanting to bang my head into a wall watching these guys, uh, this guy, these guys tape. Uh, Cruz... I feel like that could be a top five unit. Oh yeah, in the, in the conference, in Auburn history. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were drinking on the podcast today. 
Um, no, I mean, it's potential to be very good. Cruz, is it not refreshing to actually look and be like, oh my gosh, we might be able to actually pass block next year? Yeah, man. I mean, like Dylan said, like literally four out of the five spots look like they could be new guys on the offensive line next year. And um, in terms of the overall roster, I mean, you only have 63 guys on a college football roster. And, um, the you know, early National Signing Day recruiting class and the transfers combined, we're almost up to like half of that in new plus for Auburn. We might even eclipse it at this point. So that alone is just exciting and refreshing. Um, and the, the, the point that the, that freeze and the staff seem to want to prove about, uh, no days off, it, it seems, I mean, like, uh, you know, most people take a, a respite over the holidays with Christmas and new years, but I mean, just looking at the results of the guys coming in, these guys haven't taken a break since they've come in. And I mean, that goes all the way back to, you know, having a good, um, performance in early national signing day. So, um, it's definitely getting uh, things going and exciting on the planes. I uh, I couldn't believe that anyone disagreed with me when I tweeted out uh, after National Signing Day that the work that Freezing Company did in such a short turnaround was nothing short or remarkable. Someone was like, someone told me that was a quote overreaction. Um, and uh, I'm telling you, people on the Bird app are absurd, <laughs> and I love you, people, and, and thank you for following me because God knows I need free entertainment. Was it um, was it an Ole Miss fan by chance? I'm not there- going, Dylan. <laughs> I, I like poking the land shark a little bit. Dylan, I don't I don't <laughs> oh, sorry, the, the black bear or the rebel, whatever they are now. I'll tell you this. I for the first time in since I've been on the beat, I blocked multiple people that cover other teams within the SEC um uh, on on the bird app. And I don't typically do that. Um I've still blocked more Auburn fans than I have uh, other people that uh, cover the cover other teams, but that's because you're was, banning words from your Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did ban Stetson Bennett, uh, UGA Bulldogs, and back to back from my. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was I did some stat reading for for like transfer portal recruits. By the way, Auburn is third on the twenty four seven. Well, uh, got passed by SMU. Got on, by on SMU. Three. Rhett Lashley's out recruiting. Wow. Hugh Freeze, fire Freeze. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> Uh, but from what I read or what I found, hopefully it's not changed since yesterday when I made this, uh, Auburn is the only SEC team to have brought in more players than lost from the transfer portal. And, uh, just going through like the top three in the 24 seven rankings, LSU, well, now it's Auburn. LSU has brought in eight, have lost 15 and go to Kentucky right behind us, have brought in seven, lost 13. Auburn has brought in 11 and lost 10. Net one. And it is 10 and 10, but they're counting like Havius Walker, so I'm going to count him as well. So, Dylan, can you explain for the people who aren't as um, plugged into the recruiting how Auburn went from 22 to 3 in one day? Uh, you just bring in some a lot of four stars. I, I think Avery Jones was a huge commit, and he Auburn jumped up so high just from doing that, and my dogs are growling. What it also on? helps when your recruiting websites actually update the uh, – the big boards that that helps a lot after you after the weekend that Auburn had. I mean, holy crap, guys! The the recruiting on Sunday and and Saturday for that matter. It, it, forget our weekend still, no relaxation for us. It's also worth noting that uh, teams like AM have lost 27 players and have brought in three, Florida has lost 23 and brought in five. 
Alabama's lost 15 players and only has brought in one transfer. Yeah, for some reason, I, I think they'll be okay. I don't know what's making me feel that way, but um, I think I think Alabama, out of all of those, will, will probably be all right. And not let's not forget, Georgia's about to have some hit the portal. Um, uh, that that'll happen here shortly. It, it it happens everywhere. I mean, it's inevitable. But you're not going to leave the roster. We can go get your ring. Um, so <clears throat> Jermaine Burton. <clears throat> facts, no, literally facts. Um, I wonder how he's doing. Yeah, I don't. Anyways, uh, let's 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 transfer over. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on. Before we move on, I have another metaphor that I would like to share with you guys, all right? Please enlighten us. Okay, all right. So, guys, look, I just want you to keep an open mind, right? But this one's a little more contrived than the Janai broom. You have to connect a few more, a few more dots. Um, but look at the upcoming 2023 football season for Auburn football as a concert. Not, not, not like your favorite band. Not like you're going to see your favorite band, but maybe like a new band that you're just starting to like their music, right? Um, and let's say that um, the early national signing day was kind of the start of the new season, you know, because um, Auburn didn't have a bowl game, unfortunately, or fortunately for some people. Um, and so the early, national, the early national signing day to me is like the commute to the concert, right? So okay. a commute to the concert, what's everybody doing? You're happy-go-lucky. You're singing songs that you, you think you might hear the artist perform at the venue, um, and it's all it's all very exciting and it's glitz and glamour and it's it's all looking forward to the future, right? So for a college football program like Auburn trying to compete at a national level, the feeling is similar on early national signing day. Everyone's wide-eyed and optimistic. The program's signing highly coveted players or listening to, you know, their their favorite songs and looking towards the future. And so um, now as you know, players have just started to early enroll and spring practice is gonna come along eventually. Um, so you can call the the spring period the opening act, right? There's always an opener for the main card, right? So you get there, and it's all good vibes. The concert the concert goers are picking up some new songs from maybe a band or an artist that they've never heard before, and um, they're just speculating really about what songs are going to be played uh, um, by the main card by the main artist that you paid for, right? Um, and so that's kind of where Auburn is right now, right? We're getting all these new players from the transfer portal. We're thinking about who, who can start on the offensive line. What's the quarterback room going to look like? All these different things. Um, and that'll just kind of continue building up the momentum through the spring, I think, because nothing really can go wrong at this point in the season. And so in theory, the uh, 2023 Auburn season is like the final act, the main card, the, the read, the price, of admission that makes it worth it right um but here is kind of a catch-22 therein lies the problem right because the main card's supposed to be the biggest and greatest and most awesome spectacle there is right but with the state of auburn that was left behind by you know the other coach brian harson potato uh yeah sure that's a good nickname for him we'll just refer to him as potato um the script or, you know, the set list perhaps may not turn out exactly as planned in 2023, right? And, you know, Freeze and his staff will need time and patience to to rebuild this team and get Auburn back to competing at the top of the SEC. So regardless of how the, the final act performs, maybe you don't like that band as much as you thought you did. Maybe Auburn's 2023 season isn't amazing. Maybe they don't go win nine, 10 games and surprise everybody. Maybe they scrape their way into a bowl game. Um, but I just think it's important that everyone, you know, stop for a minute, reflect and enjoy the commute and enjoy the opener and realize what a good time they're having right now. 
No better band to open with than UMass. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, Dylan, we were going to talk Spencer Sanders. I don't, I can't, we can't top that. So, uh, Bruce, why don't you go ahead and tell us where everybody can find you, find your work, love, love, give you give you love and shout you out. Yeah, man, if you want more contrived metaphors and uh, more fun stuff and more good content, you can find me uh, on Twitter at sports underscore Cruz, C-R-E-W-S, that's my name. Um, and uh, you can you can find me on The Observer. That's where I work. It's a local newspaper. Just Google The Observer, Will Cruz. Um, and I, I'm around other places too. So just just keep an eye out, you know, and I, I appreciate you guys letting me come on. I hope I can come on in the future. I hope I didn't talk too much. I hope I didn't bore you. You're welcome back medicine. anytime, man. Anytime. Um, but thank you, viewers, listeners. Uh, I hope I provided something worth listening to today. Provided something for me to listen to today. I enjoyed I enjoyed the hell out of that. So we appreciate you. You're welcome back on. We'll, we'll, we'll bug you until you get back on. Daniel, plug yourself. Dylan, plug yourself. And or I'll, I'll plug myself after Daniel. And then Dylan, you get us out of here. What do you think? What do you think? Had Daniel J. Locke on Twitter, write for Eagle Eye, write for Weagle. And now, a uh, little bit of a big announcement. I kind of alluded to it earlier. Today, I had my first day of my new internship at the Opelika Observer with Mr. Cruz. So I'm very excited to see where that goes. I am Harrison Tarr, formerly of the Opelika Observer, actually, uh, formerly of Weagle, formerly of Eagle Eye TV, currently of uh, the Auburn Daily, uh, Sports Illustrated extension of Auburn sports coverage. And obviously here at uh, the college loop, my handle is at by Harrison Tarr, like you're looking at a byline. So check me out on Twitter. Everything else is the same for all my social platforms. Dylan, get us out of here. <laughs> all right. And I am Dylan Lark at you boy, the tank on Twitter. Follow the TikTok. It's popping off as of late. So that's at the college loop on literally everything. And with that, it's been the college loop podcast. <laughs>